Hello, and welcome to the Casual Tryhard Podcast, episode 12. I'm Brian. And I'm James. Per usual, we're going to tell you where you can find us, but first, some of you might be actually seeing us. It's crazy. We're on the internet. Yeah, this is, this is weird. We really have faces for podcasts, or at least me. So, <laughs> so anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can also email us at Casual Tryhard MTG at gmail.com. So I am not technologically advanced enough to bring you visuals. Yeah. And so uh, you guys are lucky you get a podcast every week. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a struggle. So we'd like to introduce our, I guess, producer. Producer Juan. Juan is uh, bringing you the lights and sounds that you are seeing in front of you. Yep. You can thank him for having a look at us. It's all his fault. Yeah. yeah. You think, man, they look stupid. Just go back to the audio version. It'll yeah. be fine. So we're going to do something a little different than we've done previously, and we're going to actually talk about a magic product. Yeah, we are going to review the Challenger decks. Uh, should be coming out next week. They have done these once in the past, and they went over pretty well. Uh, hopefully these ones go over as well. They are... More competitive decks than what you normally get in the Planeswalker decks. They're taken right from actual tournament decks that have put up real results. Obviously, they scale them back a little bit so they can turn a profit, but they are a great stepping stone to get into like a more competitive FNM. So the the tournaments they actually come from are the the fall uh, I guess now Mythic Championship. Yep. So the decks that did well at the uh, what was Pro Tour uh, Guilds of Ravnica they take those as the template. They pick like the four kind of highest performing decks or the kind of the four most different decks yep. that did well, and then they basically take those lists, make them a deck. Mm-hmm. With some changes, they make some card choices with the idea of instead of giving you four of a card, they might give you two of that card and then one of another card and one of another card. Right. So then you can like test those different cards out instead yep. of being locked into like four of something. You can be like, oh, I really prefer this other card. I like the way the deck plays when I draw this. I want more of these. So mm-hmm. it gives you some space to... A little bit of breathing room. Yeah, to, to, to test and to tinker mm-hmm. as opposed to just being locked directly into the Pro Tour list. So what we want to do is kind of go over what the decks are and then what we thought would be good changes to make to the decks to make them better. Yeah, because there's one deck that we didn't do this for. But for most of the decks, we have a couple different tiers or levels of upgrades. Usually we start out with a fairly cheap upgrade. The total cost of the deck with the upgrades for less than 50 bucks give you a good jumping off point for standard. Then we have a little bit higher level, maybe around like an additional $40, $50 expenditure. And then for a couple decks, we actually have different builds all together. So you can kind of take the deck in two different directions, which is kind of kind of cool. For everyone to follow along in the show description uh, we built these decks in goldfish mm-hmm. and i will put all the links in the show description yep so when we're talking about uh united assault version one you can go to goldfish and follow along so you're not trying to like listen and like visualize all the cards feverishly write down the changes yeah and you know if you're in your car don't look at a list and drive like uh, just, yeah not yeah. recommended no no if you crash i i have a disclaimer i'm, I got, I'm safe <laughs> all right so don't don't put that on me so i guess one thing to kind of mention at first how much are the challenger decks to start with like what's the i guess uh, we do msrp still yeah i think these still have an msrp um they are 29.99 so they're right at 30 bucks like i said that 30 dollar price point with minimal changes is going to give you a really good jumping off point what we tried to do was keep the first level including the cost of the challenger deck under 50 bucks 
Yes, and then you could have a deck that is competitive at FNM. Right, you're not going to get left out of FNM. So we're going to just kind of work through each of the decks, and we're going to start with the white one. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start with United Assault. Yep. So United Assault is the take on the mono-white aggressive decks. Yeah, it was a deck that LSV played, right? deck that LSV played in a version of the deck that won the entire Pro Tour. Yep. So the deck that comes out of the box is more similar to the uh, to LSV's deck yep. as opposed to Andrew Ellenbogen's list. And the big difference is the LSV deck has a life gain something. Right. So it leans on things like Healer's Hawk and Adrojani's Pride Mate in Lean in Lean in Vanguard. Lean in Vanguard. Healer's Hawk and Vanguard gain you life, yep. which causes your Pride Mate to get bigger. Yep. So you can pay two mana and end up with like a four four or a five five. Or even bigger. Yeah, and just be bigger than everything else on the board for a low cost. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good place to start. We should probably point out that this deck is also tearing it up on Arena right now. Yeah, well, some versions of it. Yeah, pretty close to what we ended up with, Yeah, though. so you basically, you have this entire, like, almost the entire LSV list, mm-hmm. minus a few little changes. What we decided to do was try to take it in a direction that was more similar to, like, the best of one deck. Yeah. That is really all in, goes really wide, really fast. It, it ends up getting pretty tall, too. It does, it does. I've had my 4-4s. Uh, dwarfed by a bunch of like six sixes yeah. that cost two mana and been very angry. Yeah. So it's more all in and it's going to win you a lot of game ones. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot in the sideboard to help you in game two and three. Yeah. But sometimes even without a sideboard, you can just get there against your control player or your mid range player. You just kill them before they can actually set up. Yep. So it doesn't matter. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to work through the changes we made to the United Assault deck. So like, it's not like you're going to take these cards that we tell you to take out and like set them on fire. You can always rebuild kind of the starting deck or kind of find a, a kind of a mishmash of the two decks that yeah. you like. Yeah. There's nothing saying that the, the decks that we built are the end all be all best thing you're going to come up with. With if you have you know a slightly different meta around you, or if you just really like one of the cards that we cut, like there's no reason you yeah. can't. Yeah. So we wanted to try to make the deck a little more aggro and maybe have some things that are a little stickier to kind of make you more resistant to removal. So we wanted to, we cut the life gain package. Yep. So we cut the healer's hawk, the lean in vanguard, and the ajani's pride mate. What did we add in in place of those? So we added some more resilient one drops. So we added hunted witness, which when it dies you get a one one. So you're, it's a little more resilient to removal. Yep. And we added snubhorn sentry, which is an O three, so it blocks real well right off the rip. Um, it's still a one drop, so it comes down on curve before you get into your uh, venerated oxidons. Yeah, and then it becomes a 3-3 when you have the City's Blessing. So right. this deck dumps its whole hand real fast. Yep. So it's a 3-3 pretty early. Mm-hmm. So those were the one drops we changed. And then we changed uh, some of the Johnny's Pride Mates. Yep. Like kind of our big purchase in this in this build of it was uh, Tithe Taker. Mm-hmm. So it's a 2-1 that makes all your opponent's spells cost one more and abilities cost one more on if they do on your turn right and it has afterlife one afterlife one yep so if it dies you get a one one yep one one flyer which is relevant we did that and then we wanted to get the venerated loxodons in there those are what makes the deck explosive yeah we really jacked up the number of one drops in this deck um so that you can like turn one 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 drop turn two two one drops turn three loxodon and 
all of your so, all your guys are huge. Again, locks it on if you don't know is four to white uh, for a four four that has convoke and whatever creatures convoked it get a plus one plus one counter. Yeah. So you can cast your locks it on with only two lands in play mm-hmm. because you've dumped out enough one drops. And then they're all huge. Yeah. Another one drop we put in the deck was uh, Trusty Rusty. Rushwing Falcon. Yep. He's a 1-2, which is good against, like, Goblin Chain Whirler. Yeah, so basically what we did was we swapped that one-for-one one with the Healer's Hawk, right? Pretty much, yeah. So we got rid of the Leif Gain because it's not really uh, relevant in the package we're playing anymore. Um, but that second point of toughness is important when you're playing against Goblin Chain Whirler. So the pump spell that was being played in the deck Guilds was out was Pride of the Conquerors. Yep. We've replaced that with a better pump spell. Yeah, way better. And that is Unbreakable Formation. Yep. So it's one more mana. It's... Uh, uh, one in the white addendum your creatures get vigilance indestructible and a plus one plus one counter if it's cast on your main phase right otherwise it's just indestructible right as vigilance and indestructible vigilance and indestructible right so it plays double duty yep so it can get your creatures big and get you in for an attack or it's wrath protection right so if your opponent plays kaya's wrath you can have your three mana up and basically it's a three mana counter target kaya's wrath right and lets your creatures live, so then you get another attack with them. Or if your stuff is already big, it can help you out in combat. Uh, you're not going to get the plus one, plus one counter, but if combats you know, can go your way, if you're going to keep your guys around, you can flash make all your stuff indestructible. Yeah, like they double block one of your creatures, and you make it indestructible, now they've taken enough damage because of the double block that you win the next turn if you get yeah. to attack. Yep. So it gives you a little more, a little more game. Yep. So we've kind of really leaned more on the venerated Loxodon package, which is kind of the the hallmark of the best of one. Yep. And this deck is a deck, if you like a deck that just sometimes has it, Yeah. you look at your opening hand and you're like, oh, I'm going to have flat four creatures or five creatures on turn three that are all three to four power. Yeah. And if that's good enough, I win. This is the kind of deck for you because like you can just get under everyone. Yep. Also, a lot of these cards that we're making changes with um, in this level one upgrade are like commons and uncommons, yeah, like the Tithe Taker, Venerated Loxodon, and Unbreakable Formation. And like, I think Venerated Loxodon's a dollar, Unbreakable yeah. Formation's yeah. maybe a dollar. This whole, I priced it out. This, These were goldfish prices as of Saturday, I priced this stuff. Um, and the level one upgrade was $8.37. So you're under 40 bucks. Yeah. And now you get you basically have two builds of the deck. Yep. You have a life gain build, and then you have uh, this other more like one drop focus build. Yeah, more aggro. In level two, mm-hmm. we put in some of the more powerful cards that were more expensive. Yeah. We added two histories, two more history banalias. Yeah. And two legions landings. Mm-hmm. And we also swapped a one of the venerated loxodons for another unbreakable formation. Right. And like, if you wanted to, you know, again, you're free to like be like, no, I want the fourth. Yeah. Venerated Loxodon, you can mess with the numbers. Yeah. Something that we, that it depends on what the prices do. Yeah. But the kit itself comes with two Legion's Landings and two History of Vanillas. Yeah. It might just be cheaper to buy two kits right. than to buy them separately. Mm-hmm. So that's something when you're, when you're kind of looking at it. Yeah, I think uh, uh, when I was doing prices, I'm pretty sure History of Benalias were about eight bucks. Yeah. And Legion's Landings were about five bucks. So you're almost the price of another kit. Yeah. And then. You could maybe flip the other stuff, or if you have a friend who might want to play, like you can give them like most of the deck. You can you can just beat up on them yeah. and feel good about yourself. But <laughs> but they can learn how to like tap mana and stuff. So you can like have almost a whole nother deck to like let someone use. Yep. So the uh, like we said, you can uh, either buy another kit 
or you know by the two history banalias and allegiance landings on your own um that's going to be right around like the 30 dollar price point ish mm-hmm. um one other change that we had talked about making was to the sideboard um we can cut one remorseful cleric that doesn't really have a whole lot of use in this meta right now and one knight of grace for two of the uh, m19 ajani yeah uh, ajani adver- adversary tyrants um would have made the list a little bit more expensive so i didn't want to throw it in like the mandatory build yeah. um they're running about 12 bucks a piece um they give you a little bit more game post board yeah so he puts plus one plus one clowners on up to two creatures yep and he brings stuff back out of the graveyard yeah and i have no idea what his ultimate does uh and makes a bunch of cats yeah three lifelinking cats every turn yeah so it's a way for you to have more game against control. Mm-hmm. So like if you have your Ajani out and they cast Kaya's Wrath, you can minus your Ajani and bring back a creature so you can rebuild your board faster. Yep. So it gives you it just gives you more game and a little more staying power yep. than just having more creatures in your board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the history of Benalias are a really big upgrade. There are a lot of random knights in the deck. Uh, Dauntless Bodyguard is a knight. Um, Benelish Marshal is a knight. Um, so the bonus from History of Benalia is pretty big. And there are just games where you go turn three history, turn four history that your opponent could never win then. Yeah, I've scooped many times to yeah. the second history. Like the second history just wins you every game it resolves pretty yeah. much. Like just having more of those to have those draws that are just unbeatable mm-hmm. is really important. Yep. And would really take the deck, like, the the version 2 build is basically a tier 1 deck. Yeah. Right? The version 1 build is close, but I think the version 2 build uh, is is definitely tier 1. And then you would still have a little bit of money left over if there were things that you wanted to tinker with in the sideboard. Yep. Like, you could definitely do that. But you would definitely have a, a competitive deck that you could go to F&M with and, yep. you know, 3-1 or win, win an F&M with. Absolutely. So I think that are, that is all of our Knights Who Say Knee. Knights Who Say Knee. Knee. All right, so next up is not a monocolor deck. Yeah, this is our, uh, I guess, the first of two... Like, two-color decks. Yeah, guild Wiz- colors. Wizards gave us some dual lands, yeah. which is uh, surprising. It is surprising. So this is Arcane Tempo, and it's a blue-red... It's like a spells deck. Spells deck, yeah. Kind of the headliner for the deck is Niv-Mizzet. Mm-hmm. There was a point in Standard where he was by far the best card. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he's still one of the best creatures. He's still one of the best creatures, period. This deck we could take a couple of different ways. And we did. We did the work for you, the people. The first thing that we did is we made it kind of the 8-Drake deck mm-hmm. that was popular at the end of Last Standard, and I've jammed a ton of games with. I top eighted a PPTQ with it. A lot it. of success. Lost to Mono Weight. Mono Weight's a terrible matchup. <laughs> I am scarred. And then we also did more of a Rekindling Phoenix. Not, uh, Arclight Phoenix. Arclight, Arclight Phoenix build. Yep. So to kind of get that more like sometimes more of a combo-y. Yeah, it's a little bit more aggro too. The uh, mm-hmm. the eight Drake list can grind a little bit better yeah. because it utilizes Niv really well. The second version of the deck is more all in on Arclight Phoenix. It can have some really nutty draws. Yeah. So the eight Drake version cuts like the more combo-y elements and cost reduct- reducers. Yeah. So when you're playing an Arclight Phoenix build, you want to cast three spells to try and bring the Arclight Phoenix back. Well, mm-hmm. you want to cast spells to get it in your graveyard, and then you want to cast spells to bring it back. Um, so you're running Goblin Electromancers to try and you know reduce the cost of your Tormenting Voice and mm-hmm. your Radical Ideas. Um, so obviously if we're going for 
you know, away from the Phoenix build and more towards the Drake's build, you're going to cut those Electromancers. Yeah. Um, you're also going to cut the Phoenix. Um, the Murmuring Mystics are kind of in the same vein. You're not really trying to cast a whole bunch of spells all at once, um, so they can leave. Um, the Mirari Conjecture was kind of a weird add to this yeah. deck. I'm yeah, not that sure. Is, there was one uh, team at the Pro Tour that played the Mirari Conjecture Blink of an Eye combo, yeah. where you play Mirari's Conjecture, you get something back, then you cast Blink of an Eye, play it again, get the Blink back, and then you basically can loop it. And so you let it go Chapter 1, Chapter 2, Blink it, and you just have this like value engine set up. It takes a lot of mana, mm-hmm. but it gives you like some staying power in the late game. But we're not about that life. No. no. So the eight Drake version. So we take out this stuff and we take out Radical Idea mm-hmm. as, as a card that is a good way to discard Phoenix, but doesn't really get you anywhere. It's yeah. just like a one for one card. You're spinning your wheels. So we have end up with four Enigma Drakes that we add, mm-hmm. uh, which is one red blue for an O four flyer that has power equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard yep so it's the slightly smaller uh, crackling drake that comes four in the deck yep so you basically only pay play 10 creatures you play four enigma drakes four crackling drakes and two niv visits yep and your whole goal is to get one of those down and have it be huge eight or nine or ten power and just kill your opponent yes and you're trying to protect them so we added an extra dive down yeah i think two come in the deck yes yeah, so um, we said get another one yep and then three spell pierces so you want to be like so if you're playing against a deck that you think can remove your drake you might want to wait to play your enigma drake till turn four yeah. so you have like drake plus a protection spell pierce spell. or drake plus dive down it's also cool because like the spells that you're using to protect your guys also make them bigger yeah, you can do things in combat like attack, they block, and you like dive down your guy, make it bigger, make the make its butt bigger, yeah. so it survives combat. But now it's an extra has an extra power and eats their creature. Yep. So it's a way to like it gives you a, a, an extra trick. Mm-hmm. Um, we put in uh, either a sulfur falls or a steam vent. The steam vent is a little more expensive. Yeah. But it it'll definitely help. Yeah, it also helps because this deck utilizes a lot more mana than the Phoenix build does. Mm-hmm. So adding that extra land benefits you. Um, and also because we cut the Radical Ideas, uh, the deck is kind of light in cantrips. Yeah. So we're going to add four Discovery Dispersal also. Yeah, and Discovery Dispersal gives you the ability to sometimes just kill your opponent out of nowhere. Yeah. Because you can Discovery, and if you put two spells into your graveyard plus the Discovery, that's plus three power to your to your Drakes. Yeah, plus you whatever have, you draw. Yeah, so if you have two Drakes, you just gave your board plus six. Yeah. And that's sometimes enough to just kill your opponent when they're like at 12. Yep. You're like, oh, no, you're dead now. The level two is, uh, well, I guess we yeah. should talk about how much that, that cost us yeah. first. Uh, the level the level one upgrade for Arcane Tempo is uh, $15.16, and that yeah. was pricing a uh, Sulphur Falls instead of Steam Vents. Yeah. So the, the, the big thing for level two, so if you know what Sulphur Falls does, right, it checks to see, it comes in, un- in play untapped if you have an island or a mountain. Yep. So if you have uh, guild gates, they're not islands or mountains. Right. So your sulfur falls end up just coming into play tapped way more often. Yeah. So and also guild gates aren't great because you are trying to utilize your mana on the first couple turns. Yeah. Um, so instead of having a way to turn to cast your cantrip or deal with a creature or something, um, 
we replaced the guild gates with steam vents. Yeah, and that was the only kind of like level two change. Yep. Um, and that and they're kind of pricey, so that ends up being how much for uh, that? Sixty-two dollars and forty-eight cents. Yep. And that's all just steam vents. Yep. Um, well, that includes the level one. Upgrade oh, and the level also, one upgrade. Yeah. So you're still in it under a hundred bucks, or right yeah. around a hundred bucks. And the steam vents are going to be in standard for the next like eighteen months. And they're, they're played the most modern. played land in modern. Yeah. And this fall we should be getting some sort of arena extended announcement. Yeah. Um, I would imagine those are going to be the staple lands for that format as well, since they've been the staple land in modern. Format. Yeah. So, so like getting your cements is not going to be a bad investment. They're not like they're going to be ten dollars. The ten dollars that you spent for them, pretty much forever, unless they go up. Unless they go up. Yeah. They're they don't get. Re- they get printed once every five years when we go back to Ravnica. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the new art is really pretty, too. A lot yeah. of people prefer the new ones over the old ones. Yeah, and so they are so they don't get reprinted very much, and the price didn't really change at all with the, with the standard printing. Yep. So we're, we're good there. So, and you get Niv, and Niv is going to be mm-hmm. one of the best creatures in standard for as long as he's in standard. Yep, as long as he's castable, he's going to be played. Yeah, so... You now have kind of a gateway into other mm-hmm. decks that you might want to try. It's also a great card in EDH too. I've, not that you're all about the EDH life, but I've seen a lot of EDH decks with uh, <laughs> with Niv in them. Yes. So, uh, like we we think that this one, uh, like pricing it out, is the best value. Like if you're gonna buy one of them, it's probably the most bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, mainly because it comes with the lands. The yeah. uh, the lands are expensive. Um, Arclight Phoenix is expensive. Arclight Phoenix is going to retain value. It's seeing play in every single format right yes. now. Um, like to the point where people are talking about bands. Yeah. Like we talked about last week. Last week. Um, Synergy. Yeah. Niv is really good. He's a couple bucks. Um, I do think this deck is uh, probably the best best value yeah i think it has the cards that are going to stick around going to see more play like the the white weenie cards and the mono red cards aren't going to really see modern play right so like but this has cards that could see sulfur falls gets played modern sometimes yep absolutely so we have uh, another version of this deck oh yes we do yeah, i almost forgot. forgot about that um the alternate level two upgrade for this deck um Brings it to more of a combo deck. Um, it's close-ish to the list that LSV played at this past Mythic Championship. Yeah. Um, so we are still cutting the Murmuring Mystics. Yep. Um, they're not really what you want to be doing. Um, we're cutting the two Niv. Yeah, he he finds space. You find space for him in your sideboard. Yeah. Uh, we're cutting the Blink of an Eye Mirari Conjecture Package. We're not. We're not believers. Yep. Uh, we are cutting two dive downs because you're not really trying to protect your phoenixes. They come back. Why would you want to yeah. protect them? Um, and then we're cutting a guild gate because mm-hmm. you want to streamline your mana base a little bit. Um, the bulk of the upgrade is going to be three Arclight phoenixes. Yeah, I think even with the with them being in the the the, the challenger decks, I think they're still twenty five dollars or something. I think they're right around twenty when I looked. Them yeah, up. so. There's not been a big dip in the price, so that's where most of your cost is. Yep. Uh, we're adding in two Tormenting Voice as a way to churn through your deck. And, and discard your Phoenix. Yeah, get the Phoenix in the graveyard. Uh, the same four Discovery Dispersals that we had in before. 
Um, another way to get Phoenixes in the yard and to turn and, through your yeah, deck. Yeah, just see more of your deck. Yep. So that is, and so, like, I think you could definitely, you know, on the cheap, do the level one and see if, like, casting a bunch of spells to kind of, like, generate value is kind of your thing. Mm-hmm. And if it is, like, if you can maybe wait for maybe Arc Light Phoenix to get a little cheaper as, like, people go buy a bunch of the guild kits. Yep. Um, like, maybe you can get them for $15 and maybe also, like, sneak a Steam Vents in the deck or something. Yeah. The uh, alternate level two clocked in at eighty three forty eight, so you are just a little bit above that hundred dollar price point we were trying to. Start yeah, under. but again, like if you like this, if you find that you like this kind of deck, like having the four arc like phoenixes might give you an entry into modern to play like mono red phoenix yep. or to play is it phoenix. So you have a way, like this this version would give you a way to kind of carry that same game style. Actually, if you buy into Steam Vents and Arclight Phoenixes, you're almost there. Yeah, I think the the big thing you're missing is uh, Thing in the Ice, and those are $14 a piece right now. And Tarns. And Tarns, tarns. eventually. But you could... You could go to you could go to a modern tournament, a local modern tournament, like at your local store, and have a deck that is not a full tier one deck, but it would be a playable, like, yeah. functional deck. That would be really close. Yeah. And again, you could, if you like this kind of play style, that could be something that you, like, built towards. Like, yep. oh, like, the next time they reprint fetch lands, maybe I'll try to grab one. Yep. Or I can, like, make a trade. I can use all my sweet, sweet magic finance specking knowledge <laughs> that, you've, that you've acquired to then, like, turn some cards into one of the cards you're missing. So it would really let you build, build towards something if this is a deck style you enjoy playing. Yeah, and realistically, I mean, if you showed up to a modern event with Sulphur Falls instead of Scalding Tarns, you'd probably be fine. Yeah, like, you'll be... It's close. It's, yeah. like, one of those things where maybe instead of being at, like, 100% power, you're at 90% power. Right. But 90% still beats a lot of fools. Absolutely. And you can still have fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. So, so that is the blue-red deck. Yep. All right. So our last deck is Deadly Discovery... And Wizards did not do us any favors with this one. Yeah, the uh, the best part of this deck is the mana base. Which is one overgrown tomb. Yeah. And friends. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, so they were trying to build a version of the Golgari deck yeah. that did well last season. Mm-hmm. And they ran into two problems. One, that deck costs all the money. Yeah. And two, that deck's not good anymore. Right. No one plays it. Everyone plays Saltai where they have Hydroid Crisis. And, and Saltai is not even that fantastic great. anymore. Like, I think at the Pro Tour, it was, or sorry, Mythic Championship. I got to get I gotta get sponsored one day. <laughs> the Mythic Championship, um, it was like a 45% deck against the field. Yeah. So it's not a great deck. Yeah. And they had to water it down a lot. Yeah. So we tried to do a couple of different versions. One that is kind of like... Golgari kind of deck that is kind of true to how that deck uh, played Mm -hmm. with the limitations of Vivian is 15 or 20 dollars yeah outside of the budget and so that was kind of our first look and then we kind of took some of the parts that they gave us and built like a totally different deck yeah to just give a different kind of play style and use all the parts as best we could yeah and honestly I think that our uh, our alternate deck is probably going to be more fun to play oh, yeah. than our like actual deck that we built. Yeah, like, and that's what it's all about sometimes, right? Yeah, just having fun. If you and your buddies decide to uh, 
you know, buy one of each and you get stuck with a Golgari one. At least try and have some fun with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you you can you can still get them. Yeah. So, what we did first is they exit. They didn't give us a lot to to work with in terms of like power level. Yeah. We kind of cut the the most eh cards we could we could cut. Yeah. So, we cut a district guide, a guild gate, and a seeker squire. Yeah, and basically what we put in was a better guild gate and better creatures that dug. So yeah. we we're adding uh, one woodland cemetery and two jade light rangers. Yeah, so the jade light ranger is kind of the premier explorer creature because it explores yeah. twice. Yeah. Gives you a lot of value there. Uh, so that was kind of our level one, our level one change. Yeah, it's also the problem that we ran into is because this deck was so popular for so long and still exists in some form or another. These cards are kind of expensive, so it's hard to fit them into. The yeah, even like that we kind Jade of Light Ranger as a as a rare is still like four or five dollars. Yeah, yeah, getting ready to rotate. Yeah, it's still five dollars. Yeah. So it it makes it a little bit harder. Yep. So that was our kind of our level one to kind of keep the explore yep. theme going. Uh, that one booked in at $16.44. So again, you're like under 50 bucks. And this is the most truly mid-range like yeah. creature combat. Yeah. You feel like your play style is more like you want to play some creatures and play like a longer game with removal and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a deck for you. Yeah. Right? It's not going to be comboy. It's not going to try to win on turn two or turn three. It's going to play a long game, and you're going to accrue value, make a lot of decisions. So, yeah, you're basically trying to grind value out. Yeah, so it plays a lot differently than the other decks that we've that we've talked about. Right. And then so our level two for uh, Deadly Discovery, bigger changes. We are no longer about the Guild Gate life. Yeah. So we cut the Guild Gates. We put in two more Woodland Cemeteries. Two Overgrown Tombs. Two Overgrown Tombs, yeah. yeah. So our mana base got significantly better. Yep. Uh, we also cut both District Guides this time. And all four Seeker Squires. And we added in the two Jade Lights, just like the level one. And we also put in some Midnight Reapers. Um, they help you grind out a little bit more, let you trade your creatures in combat, draw cards off. Yeah, so it's a 3-2 uh, for two and a black that yep. whenever one of your creatures dies, including... Non-token creature. Non-token creature, including itself, yep. you lose a life and draw a card. Yep. So if you get Wrathed, and you have three creatures, you get three cards. Yep, lets you rebuild pretty quick. It's a really solid card for that. Yep, and then the last card we're adding is an additional copy of Find Finality. Which gives you a sweeper, and gives you a way to get more value and, like, take the things out of your graveyard that you need. Yep. And again, like, this deck will be good, but it's really missing the punch that Vivian... Yeah gives and as like kind of a catch-all answer to just about everything you're missing the closing power of carnage tyrant yeah and like carnage tyrant is how it gives you a lot of game against control decks because they really only have kaya's wrath to answer it yeah so but i mean but just between those two cards that adds another hundred dollars to the price of the deck so for cards that are only gonna be around for six months it's kind of hard to justify spending that So what we decided to do as like another build was to lean into the uh, much maligned uh, from limited limited perspective undergrowth mechanic from Golgari. The deck comes with Golgari Fine Broker, which lets you take things out of your graveyard. Mm -hmm. So if you fill your graveyard and have Fine Brokers, your graveyard becomes a toolbox that you can go through. It's basically another hand. So you play like a few one-ofs as like silver bullety kind of answers that you can dig to. Yep. 
and then use your fine broker to get them back mm-hmm. or use memorial to folly to get back the creatures yep so you're like oh i need that enchantment i need my eldest reborn i can memorial to folly my fine broker my fine broker can get my eldest reborn yep and then your eldest reborn can get your fine broker back yeah um there's also a pretty neat value loop with uh Mulder hulk also yeah so uh what we decided to put in i guess we should kind of talk yeah. about that before we go too far is yep complete reconstructive surgery here yeah this is a pretty pretty intensive yeah so we tried to keep the explore creatures since they fill the graveyard and you already have them in the deck yep did cut the payoff though with well growth uh we moved it to the sideboard because it's how you would win your aggro matchups yeah uh, we cut the district guide. We cut land of war elves. We cut the guild gate. We cut two guild gates and a swamp. Yep. We put in two memorials of folly. Mm-hmm. Another overgrown tomb because a lot of the undergrowth payoffs are uncommons. Yeah. We put in four molder hulks, which he's eight green black or six green black. I think it's six. Six green black, and he costs one less to cast for each creature in your graveyard. Yep. So as you're flipping cards over and putting them in your graveyard, you're making your Molder Hulk cheaper. Mm-hmm. And when he comes into play, you can take a land from your graveyard, uh, read Mor- a Memorial to Folly, yeah. and put it onto the battlefield. Yep. So then you can use your Memorial Folly to get your Molder Hulk back. Mm-hmm. You can cash Molder Hulk and then put your Memorial to Folly back into play. Yep. Let you loop it. Right. And then we put in another fine broker to get up to four. Uh, four glow spore shamans, which lets you look at the top three cards of your library, put them in your graveyard, and then you can put a land from your graveyard on top of your library. It's another way to get your memorial to folly back. And it's another way that, like, if you have a two land hand and you don't have your third land, you can glow spore shaman. Yeah. And you get to look at the top three cards of your grave of your library. Yeah. And if you don't, like, you've cleared three non lands off the top. Hopefully, that next card is a land. Yep. And we're also adding one uh, Crawl Foragers. Yes. It's a 5-drop 4-4 with Undergrowth, and you gain life equal to the number of creatures in your graveyard. So it's kind of a silver bullet against those aggro decks. You're playing, like, red game one, and you're just like, all right, I'm just going to block and dig to this, and hopefully I can find it and then gain 12 life. Yeah, and then they can't win. Yeah, and then you can then you have enough of a cushion that you can start getting your value engine going. Yep. We also made uh, some pretty significant changes to the sideboard here as well. Yeah, the sideboard, again, they didn't give you a whole lot to work with. Yep. Uh, so we put the four wild growth walkers over there. Mm-hmm. And so we had to clear in, again, those are for like your mono red matchup. You could cut some of your slower stuff, cut some fine brokers, cut some molder hulks to get this like early blocker that gains you all the life. Yeah, they're also good in the mono white matchup. Yeah, uh, so we like cut two murders, a wreck sage, and we added a thrashing brontodon instead of the wreck sage. Yep. He goes to the graveyard when he kills an enchantment. Yeah. Which lets you get him back. Yeah. He's and, also a bigger butt, so you can bring yeah. him in in the in the yeah. matchup. He's as a, a three four as opposed to a two one. Yep. Uh, we cut three uh, uh, golden demise. Yep. There's a better answer in the format now with a cry of the carnarium. Yeah, because it exiles all their creatures. Uh, or it exiles all the creatures. Yeah. You have to be a little careful when you cast it that you don't get your important guys, but it does let you exile things. Yep. Most of your guys are going to yeah. have more than two toughness, though. So. Yeah, and we cut we cut the Bloodfast. Again, that might be something that you want to keep if you're if you're playing against a bunch of control to give you a way to kind of grind out yeah. and draw more cards, but that is kind of up to you. Yeah. That's kind of how we kind of saw it. I think the format in general has kind of moved away from Bloodfest being great. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a card that gets played as much. So, 
Um, and then level two was basically add guild gates, cut guild gates, add overgrown tombs, and cut uh, squires and add jade light rangers. Yep. So pretty much this, yeah. the same thing, just a couple more changes. The uh, level one upgrade for undergrowth is ten dollars and sixty nine cents. Um, so that's really mm-hmm. cheap. And like I said, this deck is it's not going to be you know tier one quality. Um, but the undergrowth deck is a lot of fun to play. There's some really cool value engines built into it. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. Um, the level two with the uh, land upgrades and the um, Jade Light Rangers uh, comes out to forty three forty one. Yeah, so you're still well under a hundred bucks. Yep. Another card like if you're playing it and you're like, I need more stuff in my graveyard that I kind of regret not putting in here because it's a pet card of mine. Yeah. Is Stitcher Supplier? Yep. Uh, I'm not sure what you cut for it though. Yeah, I don't know what you cut for either. Maybe some of the Explore guys, but if you want to keep the Wild Growth Walker uh, as like a payoff, you probably can't cut it. Yeah. But it's it's another way to to fill your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So that might be something. And again, I think they're like they're an uncommon that might be like a dollar. You could probably cut the land or else. You aren't really trying to ramp anything in this list. Yeah. So well I think we already cut the land or else in level one. Oh yeah, I was looking at the wrong list, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We have we have like notes. We're prepared. We just don't <laughs> well, know how to look through them. We try to be prepared. We try to be prepared. Yeah. Uh, but it gives you it, but it it plays differently than everything else. It gives you a different way to play. And like if you bought two of them, you could buy like the, a really aggro deck, red or white, and then you could buy the the more mid range Golgari deck. Yep. And give yourself like two different play experiences. And also, again, like the big cost of these upgrades is for this deck is the uh, Overgrown Tomb. Yeah. And that's another shock land that's going to like live on and be the same price or more. Forever. Forever. Yep. So you're not going to lose money on on that. Yep. So. So which one of these four do you think is the best? Is the best? The best, yeah. If I had to win FNM this week and I had to play a challenger deck, which one am I going to play? i play Mono Red. Yeah, I would too. I think that, like, just the way the deck comes, you will win a lot of your game ones. Yeah. It's very consistent. It is. It is. It's it. All the cards are redundant. They all say deal three. Yeah, they all do the same thing. And it's just how many lands did you draw? Yep. And if you didn't draw too many lands, you're going to win most of your games. Yep. Uh, again, you don't get a lot of help after sideboard. Right. But you might not need it. Yeah, and the deck doesn't sideboard great anyway. Like, all your stuff does what yeah. it needs to do. Yeah, you can't cut out a lot of... Yeah. You can't cut out your lightning strikes. Right. Like, what do you, there's nothing better you can put in. Yeah. Right? You can't cut out your cheap creatures because that's what you're about. Right. Like, so there's not, there's only so much wiggle room. Yep. Which means that, again, in, in the sideboard games, your opponent may have like specific cards for you. Mm-hmm. But the, the mono red deck doesn't get played a ton in, in best of three in paper magic. Yeah, it's kind of falling out of favor a little right? bit. Right. So they might not have answers for you. They might be like, oh, man, I have zero cards to help me here. Mm-hmm. I really hope that I just draw better. Yeah. And sometimes they don't. And you have, like, if you win your game one, you have two chances to, to get there on them. Well, like we said also, the uh, the thing that was kind of holding the red aggro deck down was the Golgari or Sulte midrange deck. And that deck's kind of fallen out of favor a little bit. So. Yeah, if you're... 
if your opponent doesn't go turn two wild growth walker turn two jade light ranger you're usually going to do all right yeah. like it's not going to be too terrible but if he does you can't win ever yeah <laughs> so pro tip if you have a lightning strike in your hand and your opponent plays a wild growth walker kill it kill it yeah your turn two is kill wild growth walker continue yeah. the game yeah, it doesn't matter what else is in your hand it needs to die they always have Jade Light Ranger. Yeah. Every single time. As someone who's played hundreds of games <laughs> of Mono Red, they always have Jade Light Ranger. Well, as somebody who has cast hundreds of Jade Light Rangers, that's the deck I was on grinding the last uh, PPTQ season. Um, they always have Jade Light Ranger. And you're like, oh, I guess I get like three for one here. So the uh, the PPTQ that I won, mm-hmm. um, the last match of that tournament... Um, my opponent actually went on a rant after I beat him because he was on Mono Red, and he was adamant that Wild Growth Walker needed to be banned from the format. <sighs> banned from the format. Man, what? I've lost a lot of games and been salty and wished I can't wait for this to be gone, which also means the red deck I'm playing is gone. Yeah. But I've not thought, like, this is broken. <laughs> this one, three, two mana uncommon busted. Yeah. Right. This is not wilderness reclamation. <laughs> there will not be an emergency ban. Right. We are good. Like he wanted, he wanted someone from the DCI to come in like between games two and three <laughs> and take the wild yeah, no, no walkers out of your, out of your deck and make you put in like four forests. Yeah. That's what he wanted. <laughs> and that wasn't coming. No. Mark, Sorry, Wo- Mark Wo- Rosewater is not walking through that door to save you, son. <laughs> like, this is over. So. Yeah. And we kind of already touched on that uh, Arcane Temple was the best monetary value. Yeah. Um, and I think gives you the best single cards in Niv and Arclight Phoenix. Yeah. Because, like, again, in a year, there's going to be some Niv deck kicking around as long as the mon- uh, the mana is good enough to get him on the board. Yeah. There will be some deck where you're like, I'm going to draw some cards and deal damage to you. Yep. So so if you're looking for the best deck, uh, the spikiest deck, um, it's going to be Lightning Aggro. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for the best value, it's going to be Arcane Tempo. Um, there's nothing wrong with the Mono White deck. Um, that's a fine deck. Don't feel bad for buying one. Um, especially if that's your jam, go for it. It's a good deck. Yeah, you um, will you will win you will win games that just look ridiculous. Yep. Where your opponent's like, Oh, I I, I have a three two and a two two and you're like, I've got twenty five power. Yeah. And it's turn four <laughs> and we are done. Yep. And you will feel like a genius. You're like, Man, I'm really good at this game. <laughs> And then there are other times your opponent will cast Cry of the Carnarium, and you'll be like, I am awful at this game. You cry, right? Yeah, you cry. You're like, well, this is the... They need to ban Cry of the Carnarium. It's just not fair. All my little guys die. And then you'll look like an idiot. Yeah. But, yeah. And then Deadly Discovery is kind of mad, but the Undergrowth deck yeah. is legitimately fun. Yeah, and there's there's part of me that says like you could put together an Undergrowth list. Mm-hmm just by buying the commons on uncommon separately probably and be the same price or yeah. close to it yeah but like if the undergrowth deck sounds interesting maybe you buy the challenger deck and like flip the jade light rangers on uh somewhere yeah. for two or three bucks yep. each and get the and get the cost down a little bit and like use that to pay for the undergrowth deck yep so things to consider yep 
But these are going to be hopefully a product that they continue to do each year. The last round of them sold really well, and they were really good. Yeah, I mean, it gave uh, again. We're going to mention Anthony; he'll be super happy, uh, <laughs> right? It gave Anthony was able to buy like the Mardu vehicles type deck mm-hmm. and be able to like actually like have his own like tier one standard deck when he had been like he had to like he would always borrow it off of someone. Yeah. And he liked the fact that he was able to actually have his own deck and be able to play it. And this will give you that opportunity to be like, for six months, I have this like functional yep. good deck. And I think that like Arcane Tempo has the most cards from guilds. Probably. Uh, and so it stands the the biggest chance of being able to be a deck. Rotation proof. Yeah. More rotation proof where you're able to uh uh, keep using the deck mm-hmm. into next fall. Actually, we're uh, kind of get a new tool for it. it. Was spoiled today, right? Oh, well, okay. I, I don't. I don't remember the uh, three drop sort. I forget what it's called. The three drop sorcery that amasses equal to the number of instances oh, of sorceries yeah, in your yeah, graveyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I have big plans to cast that like into into like a thousand year storm and making like an army of guys. armies. Yeah. Well, actually, no. It's only one army, right? It's just one really big army. Is one really big army. Really big, yeah. Yeah. If we can just give them haste, <laughs> uh, then we're good. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody throws a Llanowar Elf in front of it. But I'm going to, like, Thousand Year Storms. I'm going to have, like, 15 <laughs> of them. It'll be fine. No, no, no. When you amass, you get one army. Oh, yeah. You get yeah. one army. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> I got to trample, too. Damn it. Damn it. I got to learn the new mechanics. Yeah. Like, I guess it's amass an army. Yeah. So you get one singular army that you just put counters on. Yeah. I feel like if I had an army, I'd want to have a bunch of tokens. See, that was Anthony's argument. One giant token. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how I feel about one giant token. Yeah. Well, we will go over all of this in our uh, War of the Spark episode coming up in a couple weeks. Yes. Stay tuned. Yeah. So one last topic. Yeah. Onto arena. Onto arena. So probably the. Biggest magic thing ever happened this week weekend. Um, it depends how you quantify biggest. It was definitely the biggest purse. It was the most watched thing by almost a factor of three. Yeah. So we're talking about the Mythic Invitational. So the Mythic Invitational was a sixty-four person tournament. Invite only. Invite only. It was thirty of the thirty-two MPL members. Yep. Uh, check Twitter for uh, drama details. Um, <laughs> And then 26 invitees, mm-hmm. so they were various magic content cl- uh, producers and uh, magic celebrities, Yep, which is just a weird thing to say, magic celebrities. Eight psychopaths. I mean, the top eight <laughs> from uh, February's Arena Ladder. Yeah. So people that played all the way up to the top eight spots in Mythic. That's insane. It was those people just to give you like a, a sense of the the level of commitment to arena. Let's say sure we'll call it commitment. Um, one of the top eight players had sixty five hundred lifetime games of arena. Arena hasn't been around for that long. Like the open beta started in October yeah. or November, so that's like a thousand games a month. That's like thirty games a day. Yeah, like every day. 
when I put together the data for you guys on a really high week where, like, I don't know, the wife's busy, <laughs> I'll have, like, 150 to 170 games. Yeah. I'm still 80 games short yeah. of being, or 40 games short of being on pace. Every week. Every week. So, uh, the, these fools crazy. Yeah. Uh, but last place, the scrubbiest of the scrubs, <laughs> made 7,500 bucks. LSV Just went, for showing up. LSV went 0-2. 1-2, eliminated, they handed him a nice check for $7,500. Yeah, I'll take one of those. I, I can I could lose two matches and go home. Absolutely. Yeah, I am 100% in for that. When they, they had to replace someone last minute, and I was very upset they didn't pick me, because I could have gone and lost two rounds <laughs> rather easily and not messed up anybody, anyone's plans. Yeah, uh, I but how I, that phone call goes. I, uh, hey, would you like $7,500? Come to Boston. Are you going to fly me to Boston? Sure. We get a trip to Boston and seventy five hundred dollars. Absolutely, come on down. I'm a hundred percent in. Absolutely, I'm in. So the the format um, is what I do believe is your new your new favorite format. Uh, no, the format was hands down the worst part of the tournament. So the coverage was great. They brought in a bunch of new uh, people comment or commentating mm-hmm. on the matches. It was awesome um, watching. Watching arena is great. No, oh, yeah. There's no more of the like overhead camera glare off the sleeve. What yeah. the hell is that? Yep, it's way better than watching Paper Magic. It's light years ahead of Magic Online. It's in like you can see both hands at all times, the way they kind of have the screen set up. Yep. Like you know exactly what's going on, exactly what they should play around, so it builds the drama of like... Yep. Oh, is this person going to like? Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Yeah, he did it. Is he going to have the right read? Yeah, uh, things like that. Uh, so that was all really, really good. But yeah. the format was uh, duo standard, which is a made-up format for Magic Arena. That's like uh, whose line is it anywhere, right? I guess the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Exactly. I actually have, that's one of the memes I have on my first day of is class. Well, <laughs> organic chemistry, everything's made up and the points do matter. Yeah. Um, so what it was is you showed up and registered two decks. Yep. And you played a random deck. A game random one. deck game one against a, uh, your opponent's random deck. Yep. And then you played the remaining decks game two. And then your choice in game three. Yes. So you basically played three best of one matches. Yeah. Uh, or two to three best of one matches, and whoever won two ma- two games first won that match. Yep. So it led to the format being super homogeneous, mm-hmm. mono white, mono red, and then almost everyone played Esper. Yeah. So you had um, a lot of times where like you had non-games where the white deck that we just told you to build uh, would kill people on turn four and they could offer no resistance. Right. And it was just like hilariously bad. Yeah. Um, or you had these god awful Esper mirrors. Yeah. Where like... I tuck my Teferi. No, I tuck my Teferi. Yeah, where it was just like... Where one of the games was just called because they moused over their decks and they were like, oh, you have two more cards in your deck than him. You win this game because neither of them is going to draw any cards. And they just stopped it because they were holding up the rest of the tournament and it was brutal. Didn't they call a game also because one of the players had no win cons left? I think that was the, that was the deck. Oh, that, that was, was that the match. There was, neither one of them. They had gotten unmoored egoed. No one had any win cons in their deck. Yeah. And it was just going to be them each drawing until one of them decked. 
Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we have like a cool sparkler machine we want to use. <laughs> and we got to get this thing fired up here because yeah. this is this is awful. Um, but I mean, there were some cool moments mm-hmm. uh, in one of these god awful Esper mirrors. Matt Nass won a game because he was able to get a card from his sideboard with Mastermind's acquisition, cast Unmoored Ego, named Teferi, and his opponent had only two Teferis in his deck. Or one in his deck, one in his hand. Yeah. And so he exiled the one from his deck and the one from his hand. And when you get a card exiled from your hand with Unmoored Ego, you have to draw a card. Oh, no. He had no cards in his deck. He lost the game on the spot. Yeah, I didn't see that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, it was... he. Matt Nass was losing all of his lands to the Teferi Emblem. And then he kept an island in his hand <laughs> so he could mastermind's acquisition, play his island for his Unmoored Ego... And win the game, but if he didn't draw the mastermind acquisition, the turn he drew it or the next turn, he wouldn't have had enough lands to be able to cast the unmoored ego. That's crazy. So that was like a cool, like, oh my god, he he just won this game. Yeah. Um, but uh, the magic was pretty good. Yeah. It, there were some times where some of the personalities did not make optimal plays, but that's not what this tournament was about. Right. It was about um, showcasing Arena. Yep. Which it did a great job yeah. of. Yeah. Like, if, like, uh, I know someone, was it Christos, follows a bunch of league streamers? Yeah. And like half of them were streaming Arena yeah. on, on Sunday after the fact. So that was a, a big change. Like, no one's ever been like, I'm not going to play League to play Magic Online. Yeah. So, and like, that was what they're kind of like, they're their chats were like, hey, like, how about we play Arena? I've been watching this for the last four days, and it looks fun. Yeah. Which is big for the game to get more people interested. It's huge for the game. Yeah. Uh, another thing that came out of the Invitational Weekend was the War of the Spark announcement. So we got a bunch of spoilers yesterday. Um, we're not going to go over them all with you. We'll save that for a War of the Spark video. Uh, but we got a pretty cool trailer for yeah. War of the Spark, right? Yeah, they... They uh, spent more than six dollars, yeah. and got more than like you know an ITT tech intern to uh, to actually do the uh, do the work, yeah. and it looked really good. Uh, not only did it, we think it looked really good, but everybody did also. It was like the fifth most viewed video on YouTube yesterday. People were literally moved to tears about a magic video. Yeah, there was people crying. Literally crying, not like maybe crying, like wiping tears oh, from their yeah. eyes. They were, they were moved. Yeah, they were moved. So crazy. If you want to feel the feels, you can go watch the uh, War of the Spark video. Yeah, wizards pay us. We're doing all your work for you. Um, I mean, I like Lily. I thought the video was good, but I wasn't crying. So we we, we did gloss over one thing from the Mythic Invitational, which is uh, the winner. Yeah. Who won a quarter of a million dollars for playing a video game? For playing a video game. But he loves us, and we will still get a legacy video this week. Yeah. Was Andrea Mangucci from Italy. Which is funny because uh, he had just put out an article stating why he will never play a control deck again. And he play, he jammed Played Esper, Esper control. control. So the format, uh, one of the reasons that I think you didn't like the format is you were it was super polarized. Yeah. Like, there were like two suckers, one of those suckers being Reed Duke, who showed up with... <laughs> Wild Growth Walkers and um, Jade Light Rangers. Yeah. Uh, he didn't last very long. Um, Numat Denami showed up with uh, Sultai. Uh, he didn't make it out of day one. Yeah. Um, 
Some of the uh, streamer personalities did play some like interesting decks. Yeah, there were some cool decks. Pterodactyls for the win, as the name implies, <laughs> went with dinosaurs. Yep. And I um, think could have won her game if she would have played the third Growth yeah. Chamber Guardian. Yeah. Um, I actually messed around a little bit with that deck yesterday and had some pretty good success with it. Yeah. Um, and then was there another? Uh, the the uh, Italian guy, Eduardo, who was one of the top eight guys, Mr. 6,500 matches. Uh, decided he'd show up with only Chain Whirlers. He played yeah. four Chain Whirlers on all of his decks. Yep. He was like, I'm going to be red. I'm gonna be mono red and then red black. I thought he played Warriors. Oh, did he play Warriors? Was it yeah. Warriors and red was black? John Warriors. John yeah. Warriors, okay. But he was like, I'll Chain Whirler all the time. Yep. And he made it deep into day two. Yep. So uh, some people tried to buck the trend, but it was... Over half the field, maybe over 60% of the field, played uh, Esper. Yeah. And then everyone decided that it would be great to play an Esper Mirror yeah. as their last match. Like, you just got smushed by You just smushed someone with Mono White. And you're like, no. I know he's going to play Esper. I'm going to play Esper. It's like, dude, are you a goldfish? Like, you just smushed him <laughs> with Mono White. Hey, man, he won, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... He won, but it was just like, oh, why yeah. do I have to watch this? But yeah, it really, it really made you go to the extremes, yeah. and that's what best of one does. Like, there's no middle ground. Yep. Which, I I think needs to change. Like, they need to print more cards that do more things for best of one, so that you like slow the game down. Like more, more bedevils, more uh, night of autumn, so that you like. I mean, really, I'm just grumpy. I don't have a mid range deck to play. Yeah, true, but like I think. Hopefully, as they design more cards with best of one in mind, you will get, you'll, it will uh, eliminate some of that. Yeah. Uh, right? Because, like, it's hard to play a mid range deck because you don't have a sideboard. Right. So, if you have Knight of Autumn yeah. that gains you three life against the aggro deck, blows up a an enchantment against, against a control deck, and just become like a 4 3 beater when you need a 4 3 beater. Yeah. Right? More cards that do that. That will kind of be like a sideboard that you play in your main in deck, your deck will be way better than makes sense. Yeah, so hopefully, like, because none of the Ixalan cards I think were designed with Arena in mind. Yeah, and so like a lot of these like super aggressive decks are like Dominaria back cards. Yeah, right. And so hopefully, as we go forward. They'll design cards. They'll like pump the brakes and go like, "Oh, if we make this, like all the decks are gonna look like this." Yeah. So we need to like change it a little bit, increase its casting cost, or do something. Yep. Just to make arena more fun. So speaking of mythic things, mythic things, mythic uh, things. Brian, let me get the championship belt here. It's did, tiny. Did pretty well on arena. So. This tiny little belt we stole from the uh, very good comic podcast. Yeah, it's, basic, it's basically a ring, uh, or it's uh, I don't know, like it's got a little like uh, sure, I don't know, Sailor Moon action going on or there something. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so if you didn't know, this month and next month, or I guess sorry, March and April, if you finish in the top thousand of Mythic for limited or constructed. You qualify for what will surely be an impossible to win. Uh, yeah, it doesn't mythic seem... uh, mythic championship qualifier. So 
I was bound and determined this month to just get that out of the way. Yep. And uh, so I played the Gru Warriors list that I tweeted out um, about a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, as I went through Mythic, I made a few small changes, uh, but it was basically the same deck I've been playing for, for weeks. Yep. I think I changed, I took out two uh, Zertog Goblins and put in two um, Thorn Lieutenants mm-hmm. uh, just to make the unclaimed territories better. Yeah. Uh, and I won 65% of my games in Mythic for the last week. That's awesome. Uh, and got up as high as 336, 340. That um, was on like Wednesday or Thursday. And. Um, then every night I went to bed like a sucker and stopped playing, I'd wake up like 400 uh, spots lower than when I went to bed, uh, which is a pain. Yeah, that grind is crazy. Uh, so I would like, at the beginning of the week, I went like 6-1, then 4-3, then 6-5, then 7-1, then 4-2. And when I went 4-2, I think, uh, when I went 7 ones when I hit 300 and something. Yeah. 4-2, I think I was at like 400. Then the wheels fell off on Friday night. Uh, everyone just started jamming whatever Esper list they thought looked cool for the Mythic Invitational. Yeah. And I just played... Basically, Esper became the metagame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went... The wheels fell off, and I went 6-6. Six, six. Like, 500 is the wheels falling off. Uh, <laughs> it's way better than I did. So. And then... Uh, I forget how I did. I went 13-9 and nine, uh, on Saturday. I played, like, a little bit. Took a break. Played a little bit more. I'd, like, go check and go, like, oh, I'm, like, 700th. I need to, like... <laughs> I need to, like, buffer myself. And I ended up going, like, like 13-9. and nine. And then I ended, I ended the night at 4, I think it was like 4.56 or something. And I woke up in the morning and I was 800. And I was like, oof, okay, I've got to play. Yeah. So I was like, all right, wife, I'm going to go upstairs. I want to play some matches and I'm going to come back down, but I need to focus. So I went to my computer, <laughs> walked upstairs to the casual tryhard studios. Uh, and nowhere play. near as nice as this studio. Nowhere near as nice. It's like <laughs> professional lighting and a, and a producer. We don't have one of those. Uh, and I went upstairs and I played against Jeskai Dragons. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then <laughs> they missed their third land drop. And I was like, oh, we oh, did it. Yeah. We did it. Uh, and his turn four was play Sarkin. And I was like, I will kill your Sarkin. So you can't play a Niv. Yep. Uh, and then just killed him dead. It was great. And I went from 805 to 455. Very nice. And I was like, I don't think I have to play the rest of the day. Nope. So every hour, I went and checked. <laughs> I waited till noon, and I checked. So that was at 930. I checked at noon. I was like, I'm good. Then I checked at 1. And then I checked at 2. Then I checked at 230. <laughs> and then, then I played one game for fun, like not ranked. Yeah. And then from four forty five, from two forty five to three, I just left it open, and you can live in the app watch the countdown clock, <laughs> and watch myself get up to seven ninety seven, and it was like less than a minute to go, and then it reset, and I was like, woo! I took the I took the coward's way out. I could have like tried to play, <laughs> but I would have gone like o three, and then I would have like not made it. You were smart so, to do what you did. Yes, I was like, I don't want to like play like fifty games today. Yeah. But but made it so, I I am qualified. 
They've not emailed me yet, so this could all just be an elaborate April Fool's joke. Let's hope uh, not. Let's hope not, because uh, well, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna try again. Like <laughs> I don't want to just be a one trick pony here. Uh, Maybe I'll join you next time. We'll see yeah. if I get there. So shout out to uh, our salty buddy Anthony. Again, he's this is his podcast. Uh, he uh, learned a valuable and painful lesson. Yeah. If your games are not done by the three o'clock reset, they don't count. So he won his last match playing best of three that would have put him into Mythic. But he won the game at 3.05. He said he played against some like black-white life game deck yeah. that um, the game, he was clearly going to win, but the game took way longer than it should have. Yeah. And so, or the match took way longer than it should have. And he just went too long yeah so like in his heart he's in in my heart he's mythic <laughs> but uh not in the eyes of wizards though. not in the eyes of the reset gods yeah so uh but he went from like somewhere in diamond like diamond four on like friday or something to like one win from mythic man by by sunday like he messaged me and was like should i go for mythic i'm like where are you at absolutely he was like i'm diamond one this was like sunday morning and i was like why not yeah and so like he made it almost through diamond one uh on sunday just like on a goof man so missed it by that much i think i kept out at plat one plat one yeah yeah and it's a it's a grind like i got fortunate yeah that i found a deck that i could play well that lined up with what the current meta was yeah uh because when i switched to the gruel royers deck i think i won 65 to 70 percent of my matches at like every level Mm -hmm. so like it was just a good metagame deck that had a lot of game against everything Mm -hmm. and i got good you know a couple hundred games in you get good at playing your deck you know the lines yeah and i'm just like oh okay like i've seen this before i know what i need to draw yep so and of course this week I started tinkering with uh, another deck. So we'll see, we'll see. We're we're still messing around in the not ranked rooms, trying to uh, figure out uh, something to make my uh, deck better against uh, Esper. So the meta game is unfortunately the meta game. Yeah. Uh, but Mythic is everything you see at the lower levels, kind of like cranked up to eleven. Yeah. 70% of the decks in Mythic are mono red, mono white, or mono blue. Not sorry, not mono blue, or Esper. Esper. Mono white, mono uh, red, or Esper. And it was like 20% white, 20% red, 30% Esper. So it's mirroring the uh, Mythic Invitational. It's almost exact. And what I noticed as the Mythic Invitational went on, I had played 10 Esper decks um, like Monday through. Monday through Thursday, and I played 11 Esper decks uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. It was just like everyone's like, oh, I guess I should be playing these Esper decks since all the pros are playing the Esper decks. And so it just became all Esper all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was awful. <laughs> like it was, it was just so much like, oh, you have a Teferi. I just kept conceding. Like I was just like, well, this could go on for a while. <laughs> 
I like draw another land. I'm like, yeah, okay. Here's your bullet. Here's your out. Yeah, I'm I'm done here. I'm done here. I don't want to do this. (laughs) Well, hopefully that changes with uh, War of the Spark. Hopefully, I it it hopefully will. Like, I don't know if how the preview cards like are gonna change like that dynamic of. No, we'll have to we'll have to find out. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that uh, we're hoping that uh, our boy Nicobolus makes a deck. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. So that's another uh, show, though. That is another show. <laughs> Teasers. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, the ladder reset. So, I am now back at... I'm at plat four. I am gold three. Gold three? Gold okay. three. Yeah, I moved up a, a whole rank. Ooh. <laughs> so, so the, the grind starts again. Yeah. It's not super satisfying. Right? Like, you go up... And like right now, there's no, there's like no reward other than like packs. Yeah. So, hopefully at some point, like if you get mythic, you get like a cool set of sleeves. That would be awesome. That's or, a great idea. Like you know, like hey, like the top hundred people in mythic get like you know, cool like mythic sleeves. Yeah. As like a way to show like that they that like. They it's your trophy. This. Yeah, it's your it's your trophy. It's as it's opposed little, to tiny belt. It's my little tiny belt. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's my little tiny belt, right? So you get something as opposed to just like an extra pack yeah. for winning twenty four more games than you lost in diamond. Yeah. Like here's an extra pack. Woohoo! Thanks. I have a complete playset. Yeah. Thank you for the like twenty I have gems. All of the cards by now. Yeah, That's I mean, what I needed was another pack. Yeah, at this point I have a playset of every rare, uncommon, and common in Ravnica Allegiances, yeah. and I think I'm missing 22 Mythics. Yeah. Like, I don't need packs. I'm good. Yeah. Let me Give me packs of guilds so I can actually finish <laughs> off that set. So, yeah. So that's Arena. So I think that's the whole, the whole thing today. Yeah, I think we're right. about done. So we did want to mention on our way out... Uh, about the there's notes at the bottom of those deck lists. So yeah. what's, what should people look for at the bottom of the deck list when they go on to Goldfish? So Brian is going to put up links to all these decks that I built on Goldfish. Um, in the description for those decks are the changes that need to be made in order to bring your uh, Challenger deck to one of the levels that we described. Yeah, so we have like the, the list for the level... And then we have basically what came out at the bottom. Yeah. So, and what goes in. Yeah. So you can just look at that and be able to make your changes. Yeah. And that will give you a good starting point. I also separated them um, if we made changes to the sideboard also. Um, it's separate from the changes to the main deck. So you know which cards go in the main deck and which cards yeah. go in the sideboard. So that will just help you when you're going to build stuff. Yep. Um, so we should thank our friends at the uh, Very Good Comic Podcast. We should. For for the use of use their... Use of their studio. Yeah. Yeah, so... We're just uh, guests here. We're just guests. Um, they will maybe let us come back. Maybe. You know. Yeah. I have a feeling we'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah, we, we might be. We might be. <laughs> uh, so... Thank Pepper for use of his yeah, belt. Thank, thank you, Pepper, for the use of your belt. Yeah. I'm, I'm the champion now. Brian's the champion. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the champion now. Uh... <laughs> And so, if you want to see more stuff in front of this sweet green screen, yeah. uh, you should check out the Very Good Comic Podcast yep. on uh, YouTube. Yep, a couple of good friends of ours. Uh, Juan also does their their show for them, and 
It's a pretty good time. Yeah, one, one's trying to build a podcast empire. They joke around a lot more than we do. Yeah, we're, we're very much on task. Yeah. That's uh, what happens when you get old. We have show notes. <laughs> we do. We do have show notes. <laughs> so it keeps, it, it keeps us on track. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, thanks for watching and listening. I guess watching is a new one for us. Thanks for watching and listening. Watching and listening. Uh, if we were too ugly, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be all right. Our wives like us. I guess that's all that matters. Yeah, my wife's <laughs> fine with this. <laughs> I've told my wife multiple times, you could do better. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, I, I really like you. I'm like, why? Really? <laughs> really? Really, why? though? Really? Have you seen me? Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, you don't have your glasses on. It doesn't make sense. So if you guys haven't seen enough of us yet, we'll, uh, we'll see you enough of them. We'll see you enough of them. Right. Thanks. With Mizzle for Shizzle, Harry. <laughs> Hagrid dog. <laughs>